How you doing? Good. How are you? All right. This is going to be some fun. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm about to start the show, play the theme song, then we're going to get to it. All right. Here we go. All right. Welcome to another episode of Middle Ground with J.O. Lee, where we treat you like family. We have another great guest for you today. We have the Living Wellness Coach, founder of Women on Pause Community, and speaker and podcaster, Lisa Shackleford Anderson. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you for doing it. Yeah. Um, tell the audience a little about yourself. Oh, um, well, I'm not a podcaster anymore, even though I think about doing it again. <laughs> okay. Um, it was it was kind of short lived, but um, I think about I like being on other people's podcasts. Um, because <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I like to get to know, but you know, I like getting to know people, so I may start it again. But I am a Certified health and wellness coach is what I started. Um, well, no, I started my health journey, <clears throat> excuse me, in like 2004, <clears throat> excuse okay. me. And in 2017, I went to school to get certified. Um, I did that. Wellness was... Well, health and wellness was my thing, food being medicine, because I've healed myself through food from depression to fibroid tumors and um, other things. So that was my base. Um, and as I have gotten older, I am seeing that, especially, <clears throat> excuse me, African-American women, um, we are not having the conversation when it comes to menopause and healing ourselves and even knowing what it is and what our bodies and our minds go through um, during that time. So that is why I created Women on Pause. And it's not just as far as hormonal, it's, it's midlife also, um, which you can do um, even though you're going through such a physical change. Um, really a physical, emotional, and spiritual change is what you go through. Um, you can do it. You know, you can start that business. Um, you know, there's such a high percentage of women, period, um, that start businesses after they're 50, you know, or after they're 40. So it's not just a young person's game. So um, I like to talk about empower. Um, and help women through that process. Okay. So what moment led you to this path so many years ago? To to health? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, and I went through um, a really bad divorce in 2002. Okay. And in 2004, I was like, 
I was obese. It was just a terrible time for me. And I was um, not over, not only suffering from postpartum depression, but clinical depression. And so, you know, it was so bad. It was hard for me to get up to even take my kids to school. It was just it was horrible. And okay. I just started reading things of how you can be imbalanced nutritionally when it comes to depression um, with your omega-3s and omega-6s. Um, if that is out of balance, that can cause depression. Um, omega-3s, omega-3 fatty acids. So that is like found in foods like, have you ever heard of flax chip seeds? Or mm-hmm. Okay, so though it, that property is found in those types of foods. Um, so it's really a fat. Um, so like, you know, cause like from flaxseed, they have flaxseed oil. Um, olive oil has it. Avocados have it, have high omega-3s. And so it's the fat. I don't know if you've heard of like the ketogenic diet and all of that stuff. Yeah. But diet, doing that. Yeah, diets that are based on fat give you a really good brain power, so to speak. So what it does, though, um, so having more omega-3s, when I started doing that, I started drinking, putting flax seeds in my smoothies, and my mood, you know, changed. And um, and I was was on medication during this. I was on Alexa. And, um, but eventually, as my doctor knew what I was doing and knew what I was trying to do, we worked together and eventually I got off. Um, and, and so I have, I have never suffered bouts of depression like I did then. Um, I awesome. do sometimes, um, so I just lived in Arkansas for like 13 years. Um, mm-hmm. And I had to move back here. And I moved back here and I got so sick. Like I was, like my bones were aching. It was just horrible. I couldn't think uh-huh. straight. It was, I couldn't, I, you know, I had to go up a flight of stairs every day to get to. Never had a problem until this particular time. It was like 2018. Um, and I was vitamin D insufficient. And so I don't know if you've heard vitamin D helps with move, but vitamin D helps with everything. Yes. I mean, everything. I'm talking about diabetes, high blood pressure. Um, you know, it's the catalyst to everything you need because it's not a vitamin. It's a, it helps produce a hormone is what it does. The sun that helps produce the port hormone and the vitamin D pill helps produce that hormone. It's not a vitamin it's a hormone so in that I was my blood pressure was high and my doctor just called me on a Sunday and was like you go straight go straight to the pharmacy and get you some vitamin D 5000 I use and do not stop taking it and so then I started doing research on that myself um and started um what they call high dosing. And so there's, um, I read several books in regards to that. 
um, all by medical, well, two of them are by medical doctors. And I took it upon myself to do high dosing and I still do it to this day. Um, and it's, you know, it doesn't, vitamin D is just not for your bones. Um, it's for so many things that you have no idea. <laughs> you know, it strengthens your teeth, which we, we know that. Um, okay. But it's, it's, you know, helps build calcium. And, you know, I can go down a rabbit hole. That's one thing that started, but it started with the uh, of threes and healing my depression. And then in 2011, I was diagnosed fibroid tumor, and I had um, 12 of them, and ranging from the sizes of grapefruits to sizes of grapes. And um, my doctor, she was like, she and I are friends. She delivered my boys and everything, and I was living in Arkansas at this time. And um, she was telling me the only way to get rid of them and get rid of the pain was to um, have a hysterectomy. And I was like, well, no, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, so, what, what are they? Fibroid tumors are, okay. So if you have a lot of women listeners, majority of them are going to know about that. <laughs> so what they are, uh, they describe it in different ways, but the, it's like scar tissue. Some can be cysts, um, and they they are on your uterus, the outside or inside your uterus. Um, this can cause infertility, where women, it's hard for them to get pregnant. And um, the causes um, of fibroids is, it has led, been led to environmental, so depending on where you live, like if you live close to factories and things oh, like wow. that, you get higher rate of it. It's just like cancer, you know, but it's not. Okay. Fibroids are benign, so they're non-cancerous. So I was diagnosed with those. I wanted to do a hysterectomy, and that's usually where doctors will go, especially for African-American women. That's the first resolve, which is like, no, it doesn't have to be that way. And so during <laughs> this time, she was, I, you know, it started out with, you know, she was like, well, how attached are you? And I was like, well, at the moment, I'm very attached to my, you know, I mean, oh, wow. you know, and so she was like, you know, what I mean, and I'm like, okay, so I was like, well, you know, am I going to have any more kids? No, you know, I was well into, I'm like, no, I'm not having them, but I don't want to do that. I'm, at, at this point, I had had seven surgeries, and I was like, no, wait the way you want to do it, the procedure you want to do, because I have too much scar tissue. So we went to, went through it, but my gut was telling me it was food. And I have no idea. Okay. And I, I say that, but I do, because it was just God. And it was like, it's food. I mean, like, it was so, it was a visceral feeling of, like, that's the only thing. And I had called my girlfriend here in Detroit, called her, and we both were um, on this kind of like food journey. Mm-hmm. Telling her, I was, I said, it's food, you know, and she was like, 
She's like, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. And that very day I left and um, went to the library. And I got every book just about they had on like plant-based and vegan. And now at this time, they didn't have nearly what they have now. <laughs> Not even yeah. <laughs> When nobody feeling that no yeah you know, that type so of it stuff. was yeah yeah <laughs> so this was like this was a new you know especially for Africans there was only one mm-hmm. I can say one one in my generation uh, Tracy McCorder and she had a book called By Any Greens Necessary okay. and she actually was taught um, by Dick Gregory. Okay. And so, so those are the, you know, I knew, I, I knew all about Dick Gregory, but you know, he's in a whole other generation and activism, and like that. Mm-hmm. but someone you can relate to, she was the only one who looked like me that, you know, was doing this. So in hers is one of the books that I got, but I got one. I don't know if you, the actress, Alicia Silverstone. Yeah. Um, there you are. yeah. So she, um, what what was that? I forget the movie, one of the movies she was in, but um, she had a book called The Kind Diet. And I read that in there where it talks about sea vegetables and what sea vegetables are. So do you eat sushi? Yes. Okay. So the little nori, the little green part that's rolled up in the sushi around the rice. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's considered um, a sea vegetable, which is nori, wakame. So it talks about how sea vegetables can reduce tumors because what they do is they block the blood flow to tumors. And dairy feeds tumors. So cheese, um, milk, of course, those can increase tumors so I was like okay you know and of course hormones can increase things also you know and since this was like dealing with um reproductive parts which is um largely based on hormones I was like okay the meat has to go so that very day like that whole day I didn't have any meat I didn't have any dairy and the journey and so six months later, I had to go in for my second ultrasound to see where I was. And I had the initial 12 down to seven in six months. And wow. the doctor was like, what are you doing? And I told her, she was like, keep doing it. Just keep doing it. <laughs> That's so awesome. I was like, okay. And Later, my um, my next ultrasound showed four really, really, really small, almost undetectable, and so I haven't had a problem since. That's but, awesome. Yep, and I, and I have incorporated meat, but I do still my sea vegetables, and you know I do, but I go long periods without. You know, I tell people I'm a flexitarian. I eat what I want to eat, you know. <laughs> I know when my body is like, hey, you need to lay off of that. Or, hey, give me some of that, you know. So I'm, I'm, I'm in tune, more in tune with, you know, what I need. 
And right now my body is like, you need to cut out all this stuff, but <laughs> but yeah. So along this journey, what obstacles did you face? Um, I mean, those to me the diagnosis were the obstacles. Okay. Yeah, the journey, the the you know, I decided to do, you know. Like I'm gonna stop eating meat, and I'm a, I'm gonna stop. I'm doing plant based um, because my life depended on it. It really was not. Um, I could say that. Well, one obstacle was you didn't have um, there. There weren't a lot of marketable options. So what okay. you see now. But I had, fortunately, in Arkansas, you know, I had a large community um, of people who were um, plant-based. And I had a friend, she was a teacher, and she actually, um, she was from Houston, and she taught under a gentleman there who... um, was real book big on raw food, you know, so like, you know, making things that are not, you know, your vegetables and everything that don't have to be boiled to death and cooked to death and different recipes and everything. And so um, I used, where I started speaking was in Arkansas at different churches and different events. And she would like cook and give samples and I would talk about the food. And so we, we learned together um, as a community. And so that was really, really good. But other than that, um, it, it, I don't know now, or maybe I had, would have thought then that it wasn't a wide variety, but we did make a wide variety, if that makes sense. Okay. So I was like, you know, different things like jicama and, you know, um, yucca and, you know, just these different root vegetables and, you know, different types of things and how to prepare them. Yes. So it was a learning experience. So it wasn't. Not a lot of options back then for hmm? that type of eating lifestyle. Which is that? It wasn't a lot of options back then if you went to the stores to not eat. No, well, it was and it wasn't. And when I say it, there weren't things like impossible burgers, which are not good for you anyway. <laughs> no, because they still, so, you know, impossible still has what they call heme in it. And heme can, is a cancerous, you know, it still, it has the same thing as meat. Meat has heme in it, you know, beef does. So it's, uh-huh. you know, it's, it's, it's you know. Okay. <laughs> Six in one hand, half dozen in the other. They say so. It's like you, you regardless, that it's still processed, and that's 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 the key to it all. It's still processed food. Okay. Yeah, the key to you know health is whole food. You know, um, eating it in its original form. So yeah. Okay, so did the speaking at churches start your health advocacy? Um, ye- yes, 
that in speaking at community centers because it started with the community in Arkansas and mm-hmm. then um, some churches around the area um, in Morrison and um, even uh, you know I spoke, you know spoke at my childhood church here um, so that's what led me to that um, for you know the advocacy in the community but it, that's a hard it's a hard fight close <laughs> the reception yes 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 was it welcoming or in Arkansas, yeah, both places were very, very welcoming. Very welcoming. Um, the the mindset is a little different. Now, I could say in Arkansas, because it's a really, really small town in Arkansas, one of the places I remember vividly. And um, they were, and I even did, you know, we made smoothies afterwards. We had really good conversation because it was like after their Bible study. Um, okay. And you know, they were saying all the things that they had started doing and they had a lot of illness, you know, especially in the church, in the black church, there's a lot of, you know, diabetes, but they were really, really active. You know, they were, they were, they were like, we we're going to make this change, you know? Um, And here, um, same thing, but not as, you know, not as, you know, it wasn't like a group effort. <laughs> you know, it was so many there. Um, what I've experienced is more of the mindset. The mindset is different, you know. And, uh, you know, when you live in different places, different cultures. Different True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, even though it's, you know. <laughs> I mean, people like to barbecue up here. Yeah. So well, they barbecue down there. Oh, they get some. They definitely get in. They actually don't play with. They are serious. No, no, me. What? They will hurt. They will hurt you over their barbecue. Yeah, you. That's serious. Serious thing. That's competition down there. Yeah. In livelihood, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So. But too, it's like, you know, everything in moderation, even moderation, you know. That's my Yeah. That's hard because, you know, stuff that ain't good for you just tastes good. Of course. And then you want to just pig out on it. You shouldn't. Yeah. But, but <laughs> it is because it's addictive, but it's made that way. So what people, a lot of people don't know, I don't know how many listeners you, listeners you have, and I hope you have a great deal of listeners. So there's two things here. There was a study, and I can't remember what this was years, years ago. Mm-hmm. And I know you used to be able to Google it. And I think I tried to Google it not too long ago, but it did not come up. But you can try and Google it. There was a test, there was a scientific test done with mice. For a certain period of time, mice were given cocaine. Okay, and then they switched the mice over from cocaine to sugar. And so, and I can't remember the, I don't know if it was like six months or time period was. Next, I could be wrong about that. But it was a period of time, and you know, each 
trial was the same, period. So then they put them on and put sugar and cocaine in with the mice. And the mice went to the sugar. Wow. Instead of the cocaine. So that's how addictive. And trust me, because I am one of those who addicted to sugar. <laughs> um, at least wow. I think. I have not been, you know, but but I know. So then there are also people out here whose occupation as scientists to make sugar and salt more addictive. Hmm. So there's a book called The Big Leap. And um, he talks about, it's a book about um, finding your zone of genius. But he talks about a client of his who was a scientist and his job was to make sugar, you know, and salt more addictive. And that's what he did all day, is trying to find the formula to do so. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, we have to, food is a powerful thing. Food is very political. Um, and food can also be dangerous. Um, we don't realize, you know, the power that food has. Um, and we, the main power and the most powerful thing is for it to heal you. Um, and that's, I think, why it's so political, you know, because it can. Now, what do you mean by political? Hello? Yeah, what do you mean by political? Um, well, food is you, Food and Drug Administration. <laughs> oh. that's, that's one, you know, when you, food is political. I don't know if you remember, but Oprah. Oprah mentions, you know, on her show, she's not going to eat beef anymore, which is her preference. And because the power that she has over her audience, she was sued by the biggest cattle company in Texas for saying that. Now, how political is it? Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. They have a big following. That's how you. That's how she met Doctor Phil. Doctor Phil actually worked for her and for the team, her um, her legal team, to help okay. her get through that. And then that's how he got his show. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. But food is extremely political. There's a um, a writer, Michael Pollan, in that quote I gave you and even moderation, that's what he says. And I love him. And he has several books on, um, he talks about food quite a bit. And, um, you know, we, we, we sleep on food <laughs> in a way of, um, you know, like you say, it, it's so good. This is so good. Yeah, it is good. But food can heal you, you know. There's a thing of plant medicine. And now that's going through um, a political trial, you know? Like people don't know like psychedelics, like mushrooms, that's a plant medicine. Hmm. They make plant medicine illegal. You know? 
it's the craziest thing, you know, and, and they made it illegal. Um, and, but this, the crazier thing is I heard today, um, I'm listening, Michael Pollan has a book called Changing Your Mind, where he studied psychedelics for, um, for, you know, for this book. And um, he was saying Silicon Valley has, um, there's a company now, and they actually use plant medicine still to this day, and they have what they call microdosing um, Fridays, you know. But it's like it's illegal, but it's okay for them to do it, but, you know. (laughs) So it's just, this is crazy how, um, you know, they make one thing illegal. um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's, uh, you know, I say when you, you know, you demonize a food, you know, like you demonize meat. People are demonizing meat. It's not the meat. I mean, it's not the cat. It's it's the industry. It has nothing to do. You know, it's the way they're being fed. It's the way people are owning seeds. You know, Monsanto's seeds. How do you own a seed? You know, so it's not something like. Yeah, it's the it's the system. It's the system. It's not the food, it's the system. You know, it's if you ask yourself, why was it okay if you look back, say, 50 years, 60 years, you don't see the obesity rate. You, you didn't see a lot of obese people. You just didn't. So what happened? And people are not asking themselves what happened. Because no, you, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the you're old, not. Older generation, they were somewhat healthy. Yeah. They took all the time. My grandmother did not get diabetes till she was like 88. And even then, she wasn't on, she, she didn't, she never had to do insulin. She was just on a pill. But 88 years old, which is when you usually, you know, that time of when that happens. But she was 88 years old. She lived to be 100. Yeah, they, I mean, the time people cook more. So I guess like saying the processed foods was not the main go-to. Processed foods like was now. not a thing. It was not a thing. And then now you got kids, single parents. Yeah, the meat that they ate was not being fed. They weren't grain fed. You know, they you didn't have factory farming. You didn't have those things. So yeah. And I'm sorry, I'm down a rabbit hole with all of that. <laughs> and I'm giving less about health on no cover everything. Yeah. So what is the Institute of Integrative Nutrition? The Institute of Integrative I went to school and a lot of other people, you know, went to school. Um it's an online school. <clears throat> They're okay. based out of New York. And um so they teach everything. So they teach every diet, every, um, you know, acupuncture, everything in regards to health and wellness out there. So it was a, um, 
And something that led me back to, you know, eating plant-based, eating more plants, of course, is better than anything. Mm -hmm. Um, But also, one man's medicine can be another man's poison because we are all made differently, you know. So what works for you may not work for me. You know, somebody may not be able to go plant-based because their body does not get the the same amount of nutrition that mine does. And we have to understand that it's deeper than just putting in your mouth. It's It's the vitamins, minerals, the nutrients that goes to each and every cell of your body and how that cell, if either it's going to um, regenerate that cell or regenerate good cells or generate more cancerous cells, you know. So it's, um, you know, we can say you have all these people, and I was one of them, you know, you need to go plant-based, you need to do this, you need to do that. No, you know. And I learned that's not, <laughs> that's not necessarily the way to go. You age because your body, you're 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 ever you're you're forever evolving, you know, um, and forever changing. So, yeah. Can anybody go to the school if they wanted to just learn more? Oh yeah, a lot of people go just for their own journey, you know, to learn about their own health. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now you said was your podcast the Health and Wellness Wednesday show on Facebook? No, no, no. Um, that was just something I did. Um, that was just a little show I would do on Facebook. Um, and I am thinking about um, bringing it. It was called The Art of Living Wise was the podcast. The Art okay. of Living Wisely. And um, and then I have a YouTube channel, and that's that's the art of living wisely. But it may change. Um, and, and in fact, I was just looking at how to structure my YouTube channel if I am going to go that way. Um, so I just rebuilt my website, and still building it because uh, I don't, you know. The website is a living and breathing thing that changes all the time. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's never fixed. Um, so what yeah. do you have on your website? So right now um, I have my newsletter. You can sign up for my newsletter. So it's at um, lisashackleford.com. And that Shackleford is S-H-A-C-K-E-L. Um, and so I also, one-hour strategy calls, um, VIP days, and then I have, I'm building and will be launching next year, the earlier part of next year, the Women on Pause community, and it's a paid community. Um, and okay. so I am sure where we will, um, so for a minimal monthly fee, you'll get, um, You'll get coach. We'll have coaching calls, monthly coach, um, conversation with friends, 
coach. I will have different people on. Sometimes it'll be just me on different topics. And then sometimes I have, you know, doctors and um, okay. people, you know, therapists, um, sex therapists, any, you know, all of what has to do with midlife, um, different experts on. So we'll have those monthly and different um, content that I'll be sharing every week. So you get the newsletter every week and once a month, um, those um, conversations with friends and coaching calls. And there may be some other stuff thrown in there too. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Now do you still do your Facebook health and wellness? Yes. You know what? I am Facebook is it has been to me and for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I there seems to have been a shift. Um, and with COVID, there has been a shift with everything. Uh, Absolutely. So so with you know, I've all, I, I've known for a long time and would hear people say, you know, the best thing that you could do is own your audience, which is your email list. So building your email list. Um, and that is my focus now. I also, um, what I do on Facebook, you know, because people say Facebook is the place to be because, and I was one of these people too, because there are, you know, 3 billion people on Facebook act- actively. But my stuff doesn't reach 3 billion people. You know, mm-hmm. that doesn't reach, my stuff maybe, may only reach 0.0000000001. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and even, even if I pay, you know, if I pay for an ad, it's still not going to reach. And, you know, you might, some people might say, well, that's a negative way of looking at it. Well, to, for me, um, okay. of the situation. Now, what I do know is my audience seems to be more like on LinkedIn, Twitter, um, and YouTube. Okay. That will probably be. But even using those as a tool, um, and not to say that I would leave, you know, I haven't done much lately on, I was doing a weekly live on Facebook. Um, And because I have a private group over there, and then I would go live on Instagram at the same time. There's more engagement on Instagram. And yeah. that's what I'm looking for is the engagement. You know, because is to build a community. And so if there's no engagement, um, mm-hmm. it, it makes sense to build the community out. So yes, will I put things out there for those who want to engage? Um or get on my email list on Facebook. Yes, I will do so. But yeah, but Facebook's been very good for me. But you know, with any transition into something else. Oh yeah, LinkedIn definitely. Mm-hmm. I got over two hundred connections. 
Yeah. Yeah. I had like 80 something months ago before I really uh-huh. got serious about my podcast and yeah. marketing on LinkedIn. I'm like, wow. Yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. So LinkedIn and Twitter, Twitter for, you know, like writing, like if you, um, anything like, especially if you blog or you have a newsletter, um, or you have a book, Twitter is like where those people hang out. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good stuff you're doing. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not like, I haven't been... Social media is something that I have to pump up the volume, so to speak, <laughs> within the next <laughs> few weeks. So, so, yeah. So, I'm like, I have to, I'm, you know, trying to get it all um, clear and concise, um, the message and um, the marketing on there. So, so, it's like I'm starting over almost. Take a uh, a little bit. 2020 was um, not just for COVID, but personally for me, um, I lost my mom. Not due to COVID. Thank you. Um, thank you. But you know, it was it was really there's a lot going on. You know, <laughs> so with with losing yeah. her and COVID and George Floyd's and you know all of you know, yeah. It, it was just like a lot, and I just I um really stepped out, you know, so to speak. I paused, like I really paused, and I painted. You know, I did my art. I, okay. um, you know, I still was in community with um, Tisha and Tanisha and my novel sisters. So we we had a group with the novel um, every month so I was still doing that but I had to step back really from all of the social media um, noise and everything and really try to figure out because I was a full-time caregiver for my dad and my mom uh, my okay. dad in 2019 uh, which is a very uh, very large huge under um, so yeah, you know just back to myself you know, of who Lisa really, who is Lisa going to be now that she doesn't have to take care of. So, yeah. Okay. So, through your journey so far, what all have you learned? Oh, God. Um, Grace. (laughs) Okay. Um, and, And not, you know, like, God is there every step, like leading me, you know, every step of the way and carrying me. And to learn how to give myself grace. You know, God give it God gives it freely. But sometimes we have a really hard time giving it to ourselves. So um yeah, so grace um and love you know sometimes we don't love ourselves you know we beat ourselves up more yeah. than anybody that's you know, true. God, God, regardless of what you do that you leads know? to bad eating habits at times 
Oh, yes, it did. (laughs) You know, know, and if you look at it, you know, a lot of people will tell you because they have something. What is it? um, The Corona 15 or something? You know, people gained, you know, a a lot of weight, you know. And when you're um, as caregivers, you know, um, when you're caring for someone full time, especially, you know, that pressure, a lot of of that the caregiver will go down before the person they're caring for um, because it's so hard because of this and it's really it's the stress that's killing them you know or that's making them ill so yeah so learning how to give myself grace um, mm-hmm. love myself more and praying at I am huge with um, a routine. So I have a morning routine where I go into my room. You know, I have an office, but I have a sitting area. And I go in there and I will do my devotion. I will journal and I will meditate. You know, I'll burn my candles. um, And it's me and God every single day. So... That's what I do. Oh, yeah, we do Bible study on this podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's because God, I'm doing what I'm doing, and He keep growing the podcast. It ain't me. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all listen. Just listen. And, you know, what, it, what are your intentions? You, and what's your, you know, God has a, we, you know, people, I help women, you know, find their purpose. And and I shouldn't. That's the way it's understood, mm-hmm. but it's not me. And I'm and it's like I have I have a friend, a dear friend, one who helped me, you know, with my um when I got diagnosed and I knew it was food. And she has two degrees, and um, she's raised three amazing children. And that are going on to do great things. And she um, has no idea what she wants to do or her purpose. And so God has, um, we have a purpose. You know, God has given, created us all with a purpose. That's true. You know, that's what, what we were created for. And a purpose love, to serve, to, you know, that's what he created us for. And his his own image, you know, we were created in his own image. And which is love, creativity, you know, and um, service. God serves. God, God, God gives what we need when we don't even know we need it. So I say that, you know, I help women to do this. And there's a method I use, excuse me, and it asks you four questions of what do you love? Um, What are you good at? And this is what can you can make money from the world needs or what does your community need? 
And that basis is a Japanese method. But that basis is the basis of because when you when you you're giving a service, you're giving a service by bringing people into your platform and allowing them to teach or to share what they know with other people in the world. So you are serving your community, you are serving yourself, you know, and it doesn't matter. We think your purpose is what your purpose is a being. It's who you be, really. Who do you, what is your intention? Is your intention to love? Is your intention to serve? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, you lead right into the last question. I ask everybody what advice to have for someone trying to find their purpose. That's the uh, points that you're putting out there. Yeah. Um, I, your purpose is within you. You know, you have to think, think of the gifts that God gave you because we all have them. You know, what a pet peeve of mine, what I hate to hear people say is that I'm not creative. And I'm like, you were, and, and I don't care if you don't believe in God, you have to believe in something. There's something higher. You were created. Your, your parents got together, you know, and this cell, just a cell, this being of who you are now. And if you think or believe that that is not in you, then I don't understand. So we all were created. So we all are creative. Now, with that is being creative does not mean or writer, but look at the people who create apps. Henry Ford, he he really Henry Ford created an idea. He had an idea, a vision of what a be and what type of engine. He didn't create the the engine. He got engineers who knew what they were doing to create that. But his vision in creating a team and community, he still created, you know. So mm -hmm. we have to broaden our minds of what creativity is or what being creative is. It's not this this small window of writers, poets, you know, that's mm -hmm. not, those are just forms, you know, but, you know, I'm sitting here looking at a garbage can. Somebody created that. Somebody even designed it. You know what I mean? Somebody had a thought. You know, a chair. It doesn't even have to be the sticky note. Who that is so I would say to start with, you know, looking within of what you love to do and how do you want to serve and asking God, I ask God every morning, how do I serve? How do you want me to serve? And what is your vision for me today? 
and that's some awesome, awesome knowledge all the way around that you gave today about wellness, mm-hmm. how to find your purpose. Any closing thoughts? Um, I don't know. <laughs> this was great. This was you great. Enjoy yourself? I did enjoy myself. I didn't think I would go back so far <laughs> on my history, but yeah, I didn't know what to expect. But this was great. Yeah. Okay. Well, I truly thank you for sharing your journey that might inspire someone to find their purpose. A lot of great tips you gave. Even focus on their health a little better. Yes, yes, yes. We all need to do that, and it's that's an ongoing thing. Yeah, and maybe that's what I want to say. It's a, it's a, you know, health is is it's it's a process, um, and don't beat yourself up, and you can only and and don't give up. You know, if you you mm-hmm. have that cookie, you know, you're on a streak, and you have that eat the, the whole bag of cookies you know <laughs> you, 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 stop, you know and I'm, and I'm not telling I'm not telling your audience anything that I have not already done trust me yeah, yeah we're you're right. all in this together you know but don't don't give up you know even if it's you know one day you know just feel you know have have three you know if you eat three meals you know have them be plant-based go without the meat and see what happens you know see how you feel that's the thing because I I guarantee if you cut back on things like cut back on the sugar cut back on the bread you know all add beans into your life and you you start doing that and see how you feel, you're gonna be like, oh, okay, I'm feeling much better. Oh, I'm not aching, you know, because the inflammation is not there, you know. But it just take once, just go one step at a time. And I'm always I'm a component of adding, not taking away. Because what happens is you'll crowd all the bad stuff out. Okay. Well, we had a great guest. Give you a lot of life game on a lot of aspects, especially with the wellness. That was something I wanted to tackle because on the Spotify, I have health lifestyle stuff. So you've been mm-hmm. awesome to help me cover that aspect. Oh, well, I'm good. Anytime, anytime. If you if you have a question on a topic, you know. Oh, definitely. You, you you're gonna yeah. be back. Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, if you have, like, you know, you want to incorporate it yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to come back, you know. But yes, yes. Just yeah, I'm going to try it. Yeah. Try, like, uh, at least two days with no meat. Yeah, you know? or you, you, you can do one meat. They used to have, it was a huge campaign. They still have it called Meatless Monday. I think I heard of that back in the day. Yeah. Back in the day, you know, it was huge campaign. So even if you just try one day, I have a cookbook, and it's um, is it the weekend vegan? Okay. The weekend vegan. You just do it on the weekend, you know. <laughs> or, and then there's so many. YouTube is your yeah, best you friend. <laughs> yeah. So you look for. I mean, they have some really <laughs> good. Oh man, I got some, you know, some buffalo cauliflower. Oh my God, 
So, well, <laughs> it's not even fried. It's not. Yeah, I've eaten cauliflower. It's, it's not bad. Yeah, it's but it, I mean, this is like buffalo cauliflower with the breading. It's made with almond flour, you know, and it's baked. Okay. It's not even fried. <clears throat> so good. My husband loves it. Okay. So there's just different ways, you know, just, just, you know, sometimes we got to get away from the old stuff and try something new. That's true. I hope you have an awesome day. Uh, thank thank Lisa you. Shockers for Anderson, the wellness coach for stopping by and giving us all this great knowledge. Thank you for having me, Jeffrey. It was great. Hey, I appreciate you doing it. All <laughs> right. I, I know people wonder who I am and I'll be asking them questions in the message and uh-huh. I'm cool they say they'll do it. Oh yeah. Tisha Tisha told me she had talked us up. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she's Tisha awesome. Lynn, who you had on there? Oh yes, she is. Yeah, she oh, is. she is <laughs> Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna play the outro and then it's gonna end. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Enjoy me, enjoy me, enjoy me, can nothing stop me.